the following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. You're listening to In The Corner with Benny Mac. Unfiltered, uncensored and unforgiving. Here's the man in the corner, Benny Mac. Still in the corner of the room. Episode 52 of In The Corner with myself, Benny Mac. Well, we are a bit of a day late, so I apologise for that. But either way, we are going to be talking some Raw. And obviously, we're gonna, we are we got to talk Backlash. It was actually a really, really good event, uh, at least from my point of view. And hopefully, from my point of view of my tag team partner from across the pond. Tyler, welcome back to the show, my friend. Lenny Mac, how are you, my friend? Yes, we are going to be talking all things Backlash, Monday Night Raw. And, uh, hey, you'll get wrestling news sometimes. But, hey, my uh, partner from across the pond in the U.K., I'm just so excited. Let's do it. Let's talk some wrestling. Mate, man, Backlash was... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of... Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to it. But I kind of... I wasn't... I don't, I don't think my hype was fully there. And what main, one of the main reasons was Seth versus Omos. I was like, really? But actually, they only did one promo. And actually, I was like, oh, do you know what? I kind of want to see this. Um, but Backlash... Yeah, me too. Backlash as a whole... Um, I mean, for me personally, I thought it was uh, actually a really good show. Better than it probably was a was. I don't know. Just it was just it was just better. I don't know how really. I mean, what I, did you I thought think? it was too. Yeah, I think our expectations were not set very high, especially following WrestleMania. And I got to tell you, I just uh, my takeaways were: can we have more backlashes that resemble what we witnessed uh, this past weekend? It, it was uh, it was tremendous. I mean, the crowd, obviously, again, and you can say wrestling, the, all the wrestling matches were really good this past weekend at Backlash, but the crowds make it, and they were, they were into it, weren't they? They were really into it. The, the crowds make a difference. Uh, they paid huge dividends. Uh, the, the Puerto Rican uh, community that's down there in that country, also San Juan, I mean, they, they love professional wrestling. They're passionate we all know the, the great territory stories and, and the history that they have. It just And it showed not only on SmackDown that led into Backlash and then what we got on Saturday night. It was just a whole unique kind of feel compared to even the, the North American audiences. It's kind of like what I've, I've gave you all props over in the UK. There's just something different. And that's no disrespect to my, my fellow countrymen no, or, no. or North American crowd. It's just, it is there. There was something very special for these events. It felt different. There, there was a little bit more realism that there should be in wrestling. Cause I know we, we get the sports entertainment mantra, but there. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It was electric, as uh, Gorilla Monsoon used to say. I'll borrow a term from the legend himself. <laughs> no, I, you've described that perfectly. Yeah, the, it really was. The vibe was amazing. I didn't watch the pre-show or anything. I don't. I don't. Even, I, no, there was one, but it. They were actually. I think they were still in Connecticut, weren't they? So they weren't actually there. So you couldn't get a yeah, true they, read. Yeah, they were jealous of Wade Barrett, and I've got to tell you, I was jealous after he got that drink from that lady. I want to be in Puerto Rico too. I'll just—I'm uh, going to be transparent. Oh, mate! But it was a good show. I mean, even I've got, i have got—I said at the top of the show here, I wasn't necessarily looking forward initially. I said on the show, you know, I've said on the show openly, I wasn't necessarily initially, maybe into the Seth Omos 
But actually, this is one of the matches actually really... I can't... Do you know what? I'm looking at this card now, actually. And yes, some were better than others, but not by much. I can't pick a match of the night. I think if I have to, if I really have to... And again, it depends on what you pick. But I think sure. the San Juan Street Fight was actually... a better than it need, better than it was ever allowed to be if that makes any sense like it was really no, good it makes perfect sense yeah I, I don't think anybody was expecting bad bunny and damian priest to be have that good of a, a contest especially with a stipulation like a sin one street fight so no it's hard to disagree with you I, I know we need to disagree more but it it's tough though when you've got a solid card like backlash delivered and bear in mind ladies and gents no heavyweight championship defended so how good if you stuck Roman on there as well, it would have like I think it would have surpassed WrestleMania. To be honest with you, I'm not. It's you know it might have. I mean, because even as good as WrestleMania, some of those matches in one night, this program accomplished so much. I mean, it, it would be hard not to make the argument that hey, this could have been actually better. Yeah, the only thing missing, like you were saying, Roman Reigns was not on the card, didn't defend yeah. his title. Uh, hey, that, that's uh, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. It didn't have a. I don't think this pay per view had a great build, really. Not, but so maybe that's why our expectations were low. But then it just absolutely drop kicked us in the face and was really good. So you know, no, it it, it did. It, it even it drop kicked us. It super kicked us. It stunned yeah. us. Uh, you could use draw a lot of parallels. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Benny. Yeah, but there was not a lot of build. It was just like, okay, WrestleMania is over. Will promote that it's in Puerto Rico. Some of the matches, you know, there wasn't a long build because, you know, before long, sure, that was the first April WrestleMania. Then we know how fast time goes. Then you're right to the first of May where this uh, transpired. And yeah, considering they didn't have a lot of long term storytelling and some of these matches felt kind of put together, you mentioned Seth Rollins uh, taking, Seth Rollins, part of me, taking on Omos. and then it's still being a pretty darn good matchup uh, just tells you a little bit about how uh, us fans, not only do we get fickle, we, we get a little frustrated. We we're not understanding why this guy's losing or why they're, they're pushing so-and-so and then it all comes together. And, and that's why I love it. We're, we're getting payoffs out of these premium live events and, and that's what it needs to do. That's the achievement I think for creative I'm just uh, sharing my perspective. It's not like I've got the phone. I'm calling up Michael Hayes, Road Dog, Triple H. Hey, good, good job, guys. Let me pat you on the back. They don't need that. But, it, but I think it's great that they're hearing from the fans, even the disgruntled ones, going, "What are you doing on Raw and SmackDowns and these house shows, especially uh, pertaining to TV?" And then it all comes together. That, that's what I love about these kind of programs. A backlash. Yeah. No, I can't say it any better. You've hit something there, man. Um... Again, great show. I just I know we we got to talk about it. Um very quickly though. Yeah, we do. I think this is my my own my second win ever. <laughs> I think against yourself. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's going to brag and <laughs> I, I even with season Benny, I was through the the messages off air or uh, one day this week I was after it happened. I'm like, "Oh, he finally got me." cuz we were doing the predictions but... and I was trying to remember, you know, how we fared and he sure did. The, your host, the great Benny Mac, proved he was great again, and yeah. he got one over on me. Yeah. So I congratulations. We need, I need to go. We need to. I need to go back in the archive and figure out who, who's actually winning overall. 
But we're doing it month by month, aren't we, really? So, you know, it is what it is. But I think we got everything right, Tyler, bar maybe... Um, I think the only match we didn't get right... Obviously, I know... I'm not, I'm not poking you here. I know you got the, the six-man tag match All wrong. Right. But the, yeah, the one that we both got... He's poking me. <laughs> but the one we both got wrong was the uh, San Juan Street Fight, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, But everything else, mate, we got dead right so i think we did pretty well to be honest it's a bit of fun and yeah, we're not we're not pretending to be experts here it but was a, no it was just loads of fun it was just nice to do these predictions like you would a sporting event so it, it was a uh, very neat and uh yeah we we did well except for that that one matchup uh you just aforementioned and yeah we'll discuss it man there, there's a lot to, to pick apart <clears throat> in this card it, it was yeah, very yeah. solid though that's what I was impressed about it. You know, you think, oh, a show coming after WrestleMania, we've had the WrestleMania backlash, the two titles together, because they were continuing more of the stories, which they, they kind of did here, but it was a lot more thrown together kind of concepts, but it still worked out. I think overall, the main thing that was in terms of story, obviously the Seth Rollins match leads into Monday, which we'll talk about, but the biggest one for me was the Bloodline one, which again, we'll talk about in a minute. So let's, let's stop talking about the ones I want to talk about. Let's quickly, not that I don't want to talk about any of these, but I mean, there are particular ones I really want to talk about is what I'm getting at. But the Raw Women's Championship match, which actually kicked off the show. Um, it which, did. Which it, I it was the first match. Yeah. Uh, Bianca Belair um, taking on EO Sky. Um, a pretty good match, actually, to be honest. And I, I will admit, as this was going on, we both picked Bianca Belair here. But as this match was going on, I'm thinking, Sky might do it here. Because it, I've, I'm, well, pl- I'm playing the draft thing in my head as well. So, I mean, what do mm-hmm. you think of this one? No, I, I thought it was actually very good. Uh, you talk about two different styles uh, contrasting one another. Uh, we all had a feeling Bianca was going to retain. But I'll tell you, the Puerto R- Rican crowd were behind and in firm support of Sky. They were wanting her to win. So it made you have yeah. that expectation or feeling, hey. We could see a title change. Uh, and I'll tell you, EO Scott, I like how I know she's known for her aerial type of attack, of attack, excuse me, but she worked in the arm. She showed her technical uh, prowess here against Bianca because it took away her power. They were relaying it on commentary. It was all part of the story within the matchup. And I'll tell you, some of the highlights, Bianca Belair, not only did we know how she is the strongest, the fastest you know, the best right now, the EST, however she words it. But to do that with one arm to lift up EO Sky and selling the arm that EO Sky was really targeting uh, was just, it was unreal. And there was just so many highlights. I just like how we expect one wrestler, because the way they're presented, to go out there and do what we're conditioned after seeing them how they have certain matches, and then they they change it up. I think that's very important, and it, it's a key element to the the storytelling process. I mean, what are your thoughts? Because I I just I'm, I'm in agreement. I thought this was a good way to start off the show. Have the Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, I do agree with Bianca going over, but this has gave Eo Scott some momentum to where maybe she breaks away from damage control, and we see her eventually become a, a women's champion of some sort. I agree 100%. Obviously, uh, during the match, you know, uh, Dakota and Bailey especially get involved and stuff. And we kind of thought that might happen. Like maybe it would be inadvertent interference. Um, That bit you're talking about with with Bianca Belair lifting her up one arm, Io Skylo landing on her face. I was like, oh, oh my God. Um, 
It looked, it looked rough. I it mean, did you just rough. felt the pain for her. Yeah, but I've been quite, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit like I said, this isn't that type of show. We've got, a, you know, a spades a spade sometimes. But, um, you know, I've not been like overly fussed with, I'm not taking anything away from her. She had a great run as Raw Women's Champion. But some of the stuff has been very, not just her, the, the whole women's division has felt a bit lacking. Uh, but this was actually it's, a it's really good sell. match. So whether it's because it's EO Sky, it's a new fresh face for Bianca. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe this the crowd as well. But the match was good. So I really, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it probably as much as others, but I really did enjoy this one. So I thought the uh, ladies did what they needed to do. EO Sky just proved why she was great in NXT, much like Bianca, because. That's what's impressive. We, we've mentioned this a lot, Benny. Even if you're not aware of NXT, developmental systems of all these professional wrestling companies, it, it tells you a lot that, you know, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair's, you could use Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn's. I mean, Roman Reigns back before it, the, it was NXT, Florida, what was it, Florida Wrestling or uh, something like that? Yeah, Florida but, Championship uh, all, Wrestling. Yeah, Florida Championship Wrestling. Thank you. That's why he's the tag team partner. I made the tag, folks. But the thing was that, or is, part of me, is we're, that, that's the thing, is that Triple H and his team, and going back to Dusty Rhodes, have crafted the future. And, and we're seeing more of the future being developed currently. But it's helped Vince McMahon and it's helped WWE because we, we've seen so many main event matches from NXT alum and that's the thing, EO Sky, and not all of them have made it well on the roster, but a very select few. But with Triple H, they've got more confidence. I think EO Sky, you're right. Great point. It's a different opponent. We're, we got so used to seeing Bianca take on, you know, so many opponents that it felt too much the same. Maybe that's why it came to be lackluster, and EO Sky just yeah. gives her something fresh because of her style, just because of that presentation they have over in Japan, but they carried over to North America. Right, I'm just looking at this card now. You mentioned NXT, and I, I got really annoyed when NXT changed 2.0, and apparently it was because it wasn't producing enough of stars, allegedly. I think it was probably more to do with money, but either way. But I'm looking at this card, right? So let's, I'm going to go through the card. We're going to talk about the next match in a second. But Bianca Belair came from NXT. Io Sky came from NXT. Seth freaking Rollins came from NXT. Omos I'm not sure about. Austin Theory came from NXT. Bronson Reed came from NXT. Rhea Ripley, NXT, UK, NXT. Selena Vega, same. Managed um, uh, Cien Almez as NXT uh, world champion down there. Uh, Damian Priest came from NXT. Um, Matt Riddle came from NXT. Kevin Owens came from NXT. Sami Zayn came from NXT. And you're telling me NXT didn't produce any stars? They're all over this uh, fucking card. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're what's making the show successful. Yes. I mean, your premium live events dating back before we, we saw the Rhea Ripley's Austin Theories. That's that's what I'm saying. That's where Becky Lynch, that's where we got yeah. the Bailey's. That's, yeah. that's where we got the, the Shield and everybody. They they had to start somewhere. FTR was there. Even AEW's uh, got a lot of the former WWE stars like Adam Cole. They're from NXT, and it's, I mean, after they were successful on the independence, they, they needed some more formal training. So they went to no offense, any other place, but eventually, even if you're in a, a independent promotion or an NWA with all due respect to them. And I, you know, I wish them the best. You're eventually wanting to make it to the WWE just because they're the more established, more experienced. It's a no brainer. Yes, yeah. 
They've been I mean, in business I mean, a lot think longer. Think about the exposure you get. Yeah, successfully in business a lot longer, I should say, because obviously NWA was a, a territory and all that kind of stuff back in the day, and it was a you know National Wrestling Alliance. So there we go. But yeah, I I always get annoyed when people say you know they didn't produce any stars, and there's there's people coming up now onto the Raw roster that are hopefully going to... Not everybody's come to the main roster has done well. Apollo Crews is one I can think of who came up, didn't quite do very well for some reason, and then went and then back he, to NXT. He, he went back, yeah. Yeah, and now he's coming back again. So hopefully this time it'll be different. So uh, we'll soon find out. Um, let's move on with the matches because that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, um, I, I know. It's easy to get on these tangents because it kind of relates, even though it... We, people are going, why are they veering off? But just stay with us, folks, because that, that's the neat <laughs> thing about doing these podcasts. You, you just never know where it's going to take us. Uh, eventually to the end, but yeah, I know you're right. <laughs> well, maybe the finish, speaking of finishes. Yeah, speaking of finishes, yeah. Uh, speaking of finishes, Seth freaking Rollins uh, did defeat Omos at uh, Backlash, which we, again, both had right. Um, but... Again, a match that I wasn't expecting. Again, no disrespect to Seth or even Omos, to be honest, at this point. Um, there's still more to come from Omos, I think. But Seth Rollins obviously can have pretty good matches with anybody because of uh, this, uh, the experience he has and what he's accomplished. But, um, yeah, pretty good, a pretty good match, actually, to be fair. And it was, I was very intrigued to see how he would deal with Omos, just the size of him. Me as well. And I was very surprised and taken back because... You said it, nothing against Omos, but he, he's still very inexperienced. But I'm seeing a positive trend with him. And, of course, MVP gives him that shine, and so does the stars he's been working with. Back goes back to, uh, excuse me, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and currently, or just recently, rather, uh, Seth Rollins. And, man, Seth Rollins, I think, can make a broomstick be a star. I mean, he, he has got <laughs> yeah. so many good qualities. I mean, he's, he's one of the best wrestlers for a reason. And I like how Omos started the match out with attacking him with the big boot. You know, why wait? Yeah, while well, he was doing and, his typical and, pose. And Seth, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really good. And Seth Rollins was uh, fighting from underneath, but then he it took several double stops. And then that one where Omos, or Omos uh, caught him and then d- executed the choke slam was uh, very nice. I, I just like the, the little sequences and transitions. And I don't mean to belittle them by calling them little ones it's just I, I think just every significant detail i guess is a better terminology yeah i wanted to use there uh but yeah overall good matchup mvp getting up on the apron then seth taking him out was good it, it's cool to see the managers or or ex-wrestlers that can still go uh take the bumps yeah no 100 percent. with omos i was going to say because obviously seth Rollins defeats him omos hasn't really won any big matches yet but every time he, I think maybe this is a slow build, I think, with Omos, because yes, he's losing, but the people he's getting in the ring with, um, I know, like, obviously it makes Seth look good because he beat a giant, but we're actually starting to see a lot more from Omos, I think, and especially in this match. Um, yes, at the moment, his, he's not on move, a, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, his, his, I didn't mean to interrupt, his moveset is getting more advanced as far as he's doing more. I, I don't mean to say it's getting you know, innovative necessarily, but it's, he, he's starting to be more comfortable doing uh, more things. Yeah, so even though he's not winning matches, um, I think in the long run, if he keeps going the way he's going, eventually we are going to see like almost like the experience kick in for Omos and he will start dominating a little bit. Um, and I think that's where we're going with it now, whether I don't know, again, from an MVP standpoint, from a story standpoint, how much longer does he 
keep pushing this guy as a you know as a a giant and can beat anybody when actually he's gone up against the some of the top stars and hasn't quite managed it. He's had good matches overall, I think, generally, but from a story p- uh, standpoint, how much more does uh, MVP put up with, you know? <laughs> well, that that's a terrific point and analogy because does MVP finally get tired of Omos losing and he finally turns on him and then maybe Omos becomes a babyface. But I kind of hate to see that because, man, Omos as a heel... I think there's yeah. a lot of potential, obviously, because uh, we we've already seen shades of it. So I, mean, they, I, I don't know, yeah. but it, it's it's good to think about. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I could see it happening. You could do it in a way where Omos comes off the jerk. You could you could do it that way. So he's still so because I think you're right. I think he's better. He would be better as a heel from the time being. Um, so, but yeah, uh, right. But, but yeah, I, I see the other way you're, yeah, you're putting yeah. it too. But the, the so Seth Rollins did beat him. He ended up doing three uh, curb stomps. I think there was a pedigree in there as well. But the third one, it was yeah, yeah. The third curb stomp came from the uh, I think it was a second rope title or was it a top rope? I can't remember. It may have been the second rope. Uh, I think it was. You know, it, yeah, we've watched this, but it's hard to remember every step. But I, I think you are correct, sir. It was a, a yeah. curb stomp from the second rope. But either way, good match. Um, better than you would think it would be put it this way um again i think some of that obviously i'm not uh taking anything away from the wrestlers but obviously the crowd were into it which um you know not necessarily at first as the match went on actually to be honest from the moment that big boot hit seth it was like oh so getting that cheap shot in early got a lot of heat on omos as the match you know to get it going so um, it got a reaction and exactly what omos needed for this match yeah, definitely. Um, again, we got this right. United States Championship triple threat match. Obviously, there was a few speculations here from myself because obviously Bronson Reed is the only um, raw guy on there now because of the draft. But uh, Austin Theory uh, does um, take the win. He defeated Bobby Lashley, Bronson Reed. Um, a good triple, th- a good triple threat match. Actually, to be honest, I want to see more. I actually want to see more, which because they're on the same brands. So hopefully, we will. But Bronson and Bobby Lashley now whether. That starts as a rivalry, and then maybe do you know what those two as a tag team <laughs> could be quite interesting as well? Because they're both, even though Bronson Reed doesn't look no, like it, Bronson Reed is a can move quickly, so it could be interesting. Be a lot of potential. Uh, you know, it's hard to deny that them as a tandem would uh, would do a, a lot of good things and, and great business for the company. Uh, I'll tell you. I did like this match, uh, and normally I'm kind of iffy on triple threat matches, but we've not seen them a lot. Uh, well, at least till we get to Monday night, but then well, yeah. we'll say that for later. <laughs> but, but re- you know, realizing Bobby Lashley was threatening both Theory and Bronson Reed, uh, you know, of course we get the double team, and eventually, you know, Reed, much like it's been on, on speaking of programs building and leading into this kind of matchup, specifically where, you know, Reed will turn on Theory or vice versa. So, I got to tell you, Bronson Reed, and I've, we all know the, the attributes that make Theory and Lashley special, but what about Bronson Reed? I'm glad you, you mentioned him, Benny, because the guy not only can move for a big man, he's got the psychology. I'm glad to see him back. Maybe some some of these uh, wrestlers just need to go away for us to miss them, go compete in New Japan, go to an impact, and, and maybe just uh, reinvent themselves in other places and come back like they're new. Like they've they've been uh, reborn somehow, and yeah. I think it's safe to say uh, 
Bronson Reed fits that category. Mm-hmm. I, I've just been, you know, we, we use the word impressed. I've just been, you know, amazed. I mean, we use all these words at a redundant kind of level, but it, it's appropriate because, I mean, Bronson Reed, what more can you say? Just that tsunami, but he's got so much more than just a big move. The, the way his quickness, uh, the way he competes, I can see why Theory Lashley and Bronson have these triple threat matches or, the, you know, why the story is, is so palatable because each of these guys have chemistry and not everybody you can just throw in there is going to have chemistry. Yeah, you got to have a... Uh... Good dance partners. I just realized I got it wrong. I saw Synetheri and Bobby Lashley on SmackDown and Bronson Reed is actually on Raw, so I apologize on that one. But, um, you know, there's a lot of moves going on. <laughs> so no, no, there, there, There's so much going on, Benny, to your defense. I, you know, I've said it many times, you know, when they, they do drafts or if even if they don't have drafts, you, you tend to forget who's all on, on one program. I mean, we're just being very honest with, it's our, all new, in fairness. with your viewers. Yeah, it's all very fresh. It all Indeed. officially started this Monday, so that the you know, but we'll get on to that because there's something you know we'll get on to that in a minute. But um, yeah, really good match. Austin Theory, uh, the way he's going at the moment, the he's you know to the moon as they say. So um, it's going to be very. Somebody call Cameron Grimes. Yeah, well they did, and he's on Raw. <laughs> there, there, there you go. There we yeah. go. Um, SmackDown Women's Championship match, Rhea Ripley um, defeating Zelina Vega in actually a really emotional... um, And Michael Cole did a great job on commentary to explain what this match meant to Zelina Vega uh, personally. Um, Uh, He did. Yeah. um, So I'm not going to give it away necessarily. You need to watch it, but it was really emotional. Um, You know, not a long match, but actually it it went as we expected. But actually Zelina Vega got some good moves in there. Um, But... uh, Overall, what we expected, Rhea Ripley retains the um, SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, obviously, I thought maybe Bianca may, maybe, maybe, maybe Rhea would lose to Vega to take that SmackDown title to SmackDown, and then she'd enter in that Raw Women's match. But obviously, that was just more of a that could happen speculation thing. But as we took them, we got them, we got it right, maybe. But overall, I thought this was really. Um, Again, one of those matches I wasn't necessarily expecting a lot from, but actually was really good. Yeah, I mean, Selena Vega, I, I think she shows you how good of a performer. I mean, meaning wrestler, you could say sports entertainer that she is. Uh, yeah, it was an emotional moment. And like Benny said, we're not going to spoil it because you, you need to go watch it for yourself to experience it. I just echo his sentiments, but I, I will say we did expect Rhea to retain the title. I think it, they did a good job of just keeping it basic. They they did some innovative stuff, especially between the, the, the two of them, uh, when meaning Ripley and Vega. But Vega used her quickness uh, with Rhea using the power. And in the end, of course, you know, Rhea Ripley uh, still your SmackDown Women's Champion. But I was happy for Vega to get that moment in Puerto Rico, uh, knowing all the tragedy that's occurred in her life, knowing her story. Uh, it just, I really valued it. And uh, I, I was just happy for both these ladies. I, I think, you know, and it makes me excited for women's wrestling. I, I always think it's, it's came a long way with the women's, uh, what do they call it? Revolution, evolution, uh, however they phrase it. It's, uh, it's been wonderful to see and, and to see Vega, cause she was one of the ones that got released, uh, to come back and have this kind of return. And it, it took her a while to, for them to build her. And 
I think they're doing uh, something uh, correct here with aligning her with this LWO faction and, and helping elevate stars that really were already established, but just maybe just needed a, a restart. And, and Selena Vega, I'm just so uh, happy for her and also Rhea Ripley. I, I can't say enough great things about the uh, SmackDown Women's Champion. They, that's just my highlights. I'm not really going to break down the match because sometimes uh, I think it's important what you said, Benny, uh, that we, you know, we don't need to go move by move. Uh, people you know, want to go watch it. I mean, it's fine if we bring up certain things, but I think it's important for our audience and, and for the fan, fellow wrestling fans and wrestling community to uh, go out of their way to check it out. I agree with that 100%, yeah. Um, we could go move by move, but, you know, we're giving you our yeah, opinions. We enjoyed it. What's the point? So. Then we're kind of giving it away, yeah. yeah and I've been it. guilty of that, you know. I want people yeah, to watch you just it. Need to go view yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, wow. We've got to mention this uh, before we get into the, the uh, street fight, but um, Savio Vega makes an appearance net backstage. Um, I popped quite big for this. I was, oh, my God, Savio. Vega. I, like, uh, I did too. I, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I, I, Vega. I didn't really start watching the WWF until 2000, but because I've liked it so much in my early days, I watched a lot of old tapes and shows and stuff. So I'm aware of um, these people. So when he came, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Savio Vega!" Like, I was like, really like pop for it backstage, giving um, Bad Bunny a, a Puerto Rican kendo stick. So it was uh, customized, basically, wasn't it? But um, it was so cool to hear that pop from the crowd. And actually, it was I. It did. It brought, it brought a smile to my face to see Savio Vega there. It was amazing. Yeah, hey, I couldn't uh, agree anymore with you, Benny. I, I marked out myself when I saw Savio backstage, and it did make sense. You know, it's easy to say it after the fact because hey, Savio Vega, we we know he, you know, a big star not only in uh, with the WWE but Puerto Rico. Uh, but still, it, it shocked me uh, to see him backstage to give. Bad Bunny, like you said, the kendo stick with the Puerto Rican kind of flag colors was uh, not kind of they are they were yeah they were yeah. <laughs> uh, was cool with with uh, Ray Mysterio yeah just to see man it was like it's so cool because that was my one of my first introductions into wrestling I was watching WCW and the WWF then and Savio Vega I became aware of him when he was feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin right when uh, Steve Austin was starting to get his rise as the megastar that he was. Uh, the matches that he and Savio had, even Steve Austin has uh, said this, they were some of the the best matches he had. And he's had a lot of them with a lot of great wrestlers, but he, he and Savio uh, tore the house down a lot of times. So that that's what got me, uh, or at least made me become a fan and uh, respect what Savio Vega brought and contributed to wrestling. So I need to, I need to watch some of those matches, I think, to be honest. Again, he's someone who I know who it is, so... Again, it was a cool part. And this, again, like I said, from show, the show from start to finish was really good. Even the backstage stuff was didn't feel too, like... Um, or was it too much? Too much, yeah. And, but that was a very cool moment. Um, so we get into the match, the San Juan Street Fight. A great reception for Bad Bunny. Um, we got to give some props to Damian Priest here because, obviously, I know Bad Bunny is really good in the ring, but um, he also did really well in terms of entertaining us basically and doing his job so um even though bad bunny eventually went over and defeated damian priest which we'll get into a lot more about that in a moment um you got to give some damian priest i think some props as well oh you do damian priest i mean uh, yeah m major props to him and bad bunny uh you said it. he's a megastar and he, he's coming back to puerto rico uh damian priest also has 
I think grew up in Puerto Rico or had yes, some kind yeah. of uh, Puerto yeah, Rican so descent. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was all very uh, cool to see. And, and you're so correct, Benny. Uh, Damien Priest, you know, was kind of toying with Bad Bunny in the corner and, and just really had that condescending attitude like a, a good heel needs to be. Uh, it didn't matter if the crowd was loving Bad Bunny. You know, Priest is your heel. He, he's the bad guy. And I mean, Damien Priest was just very entertaining. Th- these guys pulled out all the stops and uh, we don't want to give anything away here either. I mean, there there was definitely spots that could be highlights. Don't get me wrong, but we'll save it. Uh, I just want to say I was very uh, just taken back by the, how good these matches are just on this card, and this was another example of it. Uh, you know, Damian Priest and Bad Bunny just tore the house down literally. I mean, they were they were fighting everywhere because it was a San Juan street fight. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just so happy for both of them, but I was I really did not – expect bad bunny to win the match though i didn't either mm. i we both said the same thing that we said dame you know no disrespect to bad bunny but we Damien, you know damien priest should go over but do you know what in the context of what happened from start to finish it was just a, one of those matches that at the end even not even though you're watching it on tv you go Phew, that was cool <laughs> and there was a yeah little, um, I, I gotta admit i i had uh i had chills just from the crowd response and just how well and I believe they laid out that match, whether it was the two guys in it, I would think Damian Priest probably being the veteran or whoever was producing it. Uh, they, they did a magnificent job because this shouldn't have been uh, th- this good. It really was. Um, as it, we, Again, we're not going to move by move. We don't really do that on the show. But um, there was some, you know, uh, weapons involved. There was a trolley with um, <laughs> a shopping cart, I think you call them. Um, but um, with weapons in, as you can imagine, you know, uh, kendo sticks with chairs, they all got used in some sort of fashion. Um, as the match went on, as you'd imagine, Finn Balor and uh, Dominic Mysterio got involved um, to help Damian Priest. Then Rey Mysterio comes out, um, tries to, you know, help out um, uh, Bad Bunny. And then I did not expect this. Although, again, like you said, it makes perfect sense in hindsight. But uh, Carlito coming out and the crowd again went absolutely insane. Even I popped for this because I've always liked Carlito. The character oh, of Carlito, I, I I've always liked. The, the healthy eating superstar I always used to refer him to because of the whole apple eating and stuff. But um, wearing an LWO shirt, I will say as well. Um, and he looked in freaking really good condition. <laughs> oh, he, he, he still looks great. He looks like he had age other than he's got a goatee now. It's, uh, yeah, that's it. It's unbelievable. So, still got the big hair. The LWO shirt was perfect. Uh, I love the apple spot. Uh, when he bites into it, it's just like he, he wasn't gone that long ago, even though it's been some years. It's uh, remarkable. But, yeah, Caribbean Cool made a big entrance. Uh, I'm like you, Benny. I, my fandom was uh running all over me it it wasn't hulkamania maybe it was carlito mania it was uh <laughs> something else. i mean he was uh yeah i mean the, the just the apple he eats healthy it made me want to buy an apple because god <laughs> knows i need to eat better but uh, i'm still not as cool as carlito but i love it i, I thought it made sense like you say you don't uh, realize it but they were in puerto rico he, he's uh, the son of carlos cologne and uh but carlito himself is a big star i, I just love the history of uh, th- these places with wrestling, like everything else or anything else, however you word it. Uh, but uh, 
but no, it, it's hard not to agree with you. This was a show where me and Benny can't really disagree much. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just, yeah, it's uh, it's tough. You yeah. said you said earlier, like you know, in hindsight, with the whole uh, Savio Vega being backstage. Oh yeah, that makes sense. But just because it makes sense and you think that will happen, it doesn't mean that these people can be booked. They might be doing something else. They might not be available. So. But I will admit, Cully, even though I knew, even though in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Cully, it was from around here, isn't it? Yeah. So, but I never, in a, I, w- I would have, if you'd have said, I think Cully, it was going to be there. I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense, but I probably don't think so. But uh, how it all panned out was really good. The 619 on Dom and then the apple spit into his face. The crowd loved it. Um, the backstabber. The backstab. I love that move. I always used to cringe at it, but I do uh, like it. It's a great move. Oh, my gosh. And, and it still looks great. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. A lot of a lot of people may be rusty, and I'm not taking away from stars that return that I'm sure they're training. But Carlito, it's like he's not lost a step. The guy just came in there and looked like he. I mean, he can go. I mean, I'd like to see him why back. Is he actually, not somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Why is he not Me somewhere? Too. Yeah, that is a good shout. Um, we'll have to look into more of that. <laughs> Carlito watch or something. Um, no, no, we will. I, I think there's already <laughs> been some news, so we we need to do that. Let's get the private investigators involved. And we'll we'll get on it, folks. It it was just a very it was just a very cool um, just a cool moment. Again, I know mean, we I probably should not have given it because didn't he come back during the pandemic era briefly? Did he? Come no, he a, did a Royal Rumble one. Oh, that's it, Rumble. That's Royal it. Rumble. Yeah, that's it. I forgot about that. I mean, he's what forty? Yeah, he's forty four years old. He, he can still go. He looks like he doesn't look forty four. I'll give you that. He doesn't look. 44. He looks great. Yeah, he doesn't even look forty something. He, he looks like he's thirty something or younger. It would be amazing if uh, he could um, if he could come back. I, I mean, I don't know what the um, why he left. If he whether it was uh, just a short term thing or whether um, I'm just reading a report here. Yeah, Apparently, the the Savio Vega and Carlito thing was planned a month ago, so they've they've had that under their hat for a month. And I, I'm not going to lie, I didn't see it coming. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't either, even though they were in Puerto Rico. I'm like you, even if it's Again, the back of our minds. But... Like you said, it makes sense, but doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, does it? So just because WrestleMania is happening yeah. doesn't mean The Rock's going to be there or Stone Cold's going to be there. You'd like to it see it. I mean, The Rock or the Texas Rattlesnakes make an appearance, which honestly, Cody Rhodes brought up some of that. I know we're, we're going to get back on Backlash, but you, you said it and brought it up with WrestleMania as it relates to that. Cody Rhodes did say, you know, with all due respect to the Rock and Stone Cold, we don't necessarily need them. And and he was right. I mean, even though I love those guys, I, I don't know that you always need a big surprise or a don't big need, yeah, a don't. big star. Because you've got enough stars that you're concentrating on. So, yeah, that, that's that's why I brought it up. Yeah, um, yeah. But obviously, if you do it every year, then people expect it. If you don't do it every year and you only do it, like, maybe every couple of years or every three years, every four years, yeah, you want to see these people, but... It means more when they've been been away. Obviously, big moments like so. Where are we? What was it this year? Thirty nine WrestleMania. So yeah, thirty nine. So forty. I'm going to assume we're going to see a lot of legends because it's forty years of WrestleMania. So that makes perfect sense. So maybe that's why we didn't see him this year because forty it's a is a special occasion. Exactly. There we go. Um, uh, last thing really to say on it. It was just a good match and it was a lot. It was a better than. It had any right to be. Um, yes, it had some outside interference, but we expected that. But Savio Vega even came out and blocked the escape for Judgment Day. And then, um, so yeah, it, it was just all. And then the rest of LWO came out. So everybody got a little bit of uh, stuff going on. So 
Yeah, they, they got their shine. I, I'll just go back to that word. I, I loved how Savio, his music came out. And the funny thing, I, I don't know his music, uh, what it used to be. So I, that was that was good because I didn't I still didn't think about Savio coming out, even though we saw him backstage. And then here he is. And I, I'm like you, Benny. I'm like the crowd there. I'm on my feet. I'm, you know, even if I'm sitting down somewhere, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Savio. What's happened? This is late 90s, mid 90s. <laughs> I'm in a time warp somehow. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, instead of back to the future, I'm going back to the past and I love it. Um, the match that won me the night, the six man tag team match, the bloodline um, against KO uh, and Sami Zayn, the tag team champions. Now, all right, we'll just go right there. The Bloodline did defeat them. Matt Riddle took the uh, pin for. Um, I think I said that. I could be wrong. Doesn't matter. Um, good match overall. It was a bit of a slow starter, but it, overall, I mean, we just this had to follow the street fight. So you just had the, like the local heroes out and stuff. So the crowd were a bit. I wouldn't say they were quiet, but you could tell it was a bit. And it uh, settled. It settled a little bit, but it did this match. Had a bit of a slow build, but it got the crowd back into it, didn't it? Um, but the no, big, it did. the biggest thing I took from this, Tyler, I don't know about yourself, was the interaction between Solo and uh, Jey Uso um, near the, especially near the end of the match. Um, of course, last week on SmackDown, we had Paul Heyman giving out orders and was meant to be so. It seems like Solo's meant to be taking out the Usos or Jimmy or Jay or both. I don't know. But he keeps getting thwarted. And as this match went on and then the stuff backstage, Solo seems to have no patience for his older brothers. Um, no, he, he doesn't. I mean, it shows. But, I mean, the match was really good, by the way. So let's just talk about the match a bit. But, I mean, overall, it was a great six-man tag team match. Uh, Backlash is actually quite famous for six-man six, tag, six uh, tag team matches, isn't it, really? <laughs> if you think about it, going through the history of no, it. No, I mean, I mean that, that, that's one of its hallmarks, the standards. No, you're correct. It's six-man tags are essential to uh, the formula, the format, per se, of uh, uh, the backlashes throughout history. Well, titles have changed that way. Rock, I remember beating, um, was it Rock, uh, Taker, and Kane, I think, against Vince, Shane, and Triple H, who was the champion. And whoever got the pinfall over Vince's team, Triple H's team, would become WWE champion. And I think Rock pinned Vince, I believe, um, I want to say, 2001 but i could be wrong on that but um or maybe no i don't yeah 2001 i think i don't know either way and there's obviously there's one in the um, backlash in 2003 you've got kevin ash and Shawn michaels and booker t taking on triple h and i think evolution at the time so it seems to be a thing and then you've got randy orton winning the title as well against triple h Vince i mean and we Shane at again. least have one <laughs> yeah it's tradition so um this is a good way of getting that story in terms of like one last time, almost for in terms of KO and Sammy and Matt Riddle, but yeah, due to the draft, of course. But um, the so there's a bit in the match where Jay is uh, looks like he's got Sammy in his sights. He looks like he's about to do some big move. What I don't know what he's going to do, and then Solo tagged himself in. The crowd kind of responded to this. I was like, oh, okay, okay. So Jay, it made it intriguing. It did, and then Jay, um, you know, he got out of the ring. And he went, okay, okay, I got the ring, I got the ring. Then he tagged himself back in quite hard on his brother's chest. And then the the crowd just erupted even more. Like, oh, it's going down. Um, and it all sort of plays out, plays out. But the thing I want to draw your attention to, Tyler, is the bit where everybody got taken out. Solo, I think Matt Riddle was already out. 
He managed to take out KO and Sammy to a degree. And then Jay came up behind Solo and Solo grabs Jay by the throat. And now admittedly, you could say he didn't know it was his brother. And then um, he did, but he held on a bit too long. And then Jay was started screaming at Solo, I'm your brother. And then there's a line there. He goes, I'm your brother, not his, as in referring to Roman Reigns, I would assume. And it's just going to make SmackDown a lot more interesting in terms of what's going to happen because Roman's going to be there this week, apparently. So... No, he is. Roman Reigns are actually going to be in my home state. I, I'm kind of jealous. It's in Knoxville, which is uh, just a couple hours in East Tennessee that, uh, where SmackDown's going to be at and Bianca Belair's hometown. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, huge uh, monumental things, at least we're expecting, to occur with uh, Roman returning on SmackDown, what you, we're seeing played out on, uh, from what the results were at Backlash. I, I think we're not only seeing cracks, we're starting to see the, the uh, culmination of the Usos uh, being ousted of the bloodline or, or Solos, you know, with that whole uh, ordeal that you just laid out so uh, beautifully, by the way, with, you know, the uh, dissension that are in the ranks with Paul Heyman, with Jimmy and Jey Uso, with Solo being that enforcer. We're starting to see him starting to uh, do more of just that, be enforce rules, enforce maybe the instructions that either Heyman give him or, more importantly, the ultimatum that Roman Reigns gives all of them. And, uh, yeah, that is very uh, compelling that Jey Uso would say, listen, I'm your brother, but Roman Reigns is not. He's a cousin, but he's we're siblings. And uh, even though we're family and uh, the dichotomy and the way they're laying out this storyline, it, uh, this is what's going to uh, resurrect any criticisms of it, I believe, because you've got this uh, solo interaction with his brothers. What happened? The story that they're doing, the nuances of the story. Let me get to the point here. Uh, I, I digress. With you said it with the tags in and out, the frustration, the body language, the demeanor. It's all part of the psychology of the matches. Was outstanding, and I, I can't wait. You're so correct. I, I can't wait to see what develops on SmackDown. Yeah, um, we'll get into a little bit more of that in a moment because I want to let's get the... Uh, but yeah, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. But yeah, it mainly, again, as good as the match was, it's the um, the blimmin' like the story of the bloodline again. We're still... Even, even though by like Rumble and Mania and Elimination Chamber, we thought it was kind of coming towards an end. It doesn't seem to be. It's still going, and there's another twist coming here. So, whether I, but what that is yet, I have no idea. Um, uh, not none of us do, but it, but it's fun, and we we've had our theories, and it it's been exciting to kind of dissect it, Benny. I, I mean, I'm at a loss for words. It, it's just been so good, and I don't mean to be, be over dramatic, but just to think of how you would describe it, because like you said, there's been so many twists and turns, and now we're getting another twist. Uh, just more chapters to be written. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Would uh, suffice for for this uh, this story overall, this this story arc. Yeah, which we'll talk about a bit more in a, in a moment because I think it's gonna. Well, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. So we're going to talk about the World Heavyweight Championship in a moment after this match. So I think it it may all lead into it. I have no idea, but again, we'll find out. But the main event of Backlash was uh, Cody versus Brock Lesnar. Um. I, <laughs> an accident or not, I don't know, but I have not seen that much blood probably since 
I want to say maybe Randy Orton at SummerSlam a few years ago, but I tell you what, it reminded me of the old days of Ric it's Flair. It's been a long time. Ric Flair being busted open, I tell you. <laughs> it was, um, this was a good match, actually. It started how I expected, quickly. Um, you know, Cody jumped out the ring and went after Brock very quickly before the match started, trying to get so one up on Brock. And I think that's, if you look at any of Brock's defeats, most of them will come from catching him off guard and trying to, you know, frustrate him, I guess, um, which... Keeping him off balance. Exactly. Yeah, perfect yeah. off guard. Yeah, yeah. Relates, yeah. Uh, I thought this was a really good match, to be fair. Um, the um, the blood actually came from the uh, ring uh, pad being moved, and Brock, I don't know whether he mistimed it or tripped or whatever, or whether he's meant to do that, or he, I don't know, but he ended up with a pretty, uh, pretty uh, decent cut um, just above his nose, in between his eyes, and... I was surprised, but I, I, I wasn't until I watched it again, Tyler, that I realized that Brock seemed to not face the hard cam as much. So even though you could see it in terms of it was happening in the blood and it was everywhere on his, you know, on his chest and all that, um, he did seem to stay away from looking into the camera a bit more, even though he did catch a few glimpses of it. Yeah, and I think that was important. So, you know, the hard cam couldn't pick up, you know, how he had to do it. And and I think maybe he did it the hard way. I, the only reason I knew that it was probably not accidental is I think definitely it was planned. I'm not, I'm not saying we, we expected it was accidental. Definitely was part of the match. But I was reading somewhere, I thought, and once again, I, I know you can't always believe every report you read online, but they're saying that they definitely plan to have some blood in this matchup, I guess, because it was personal. And I'm glad you brought up Rick Flair. I guess it takes you back to like Cody's father, Dusty and Rick and the old NWA and, you know, territorial matches. And then even seeing Rick Flair, you know, later on in the 2000s after WCW with the WWE, he would believe quite a bit. It goes back to that old school kind of way they did it. Yeah. But, but Ted, I'm, I'm glad you brought up about the hard cam. I, I didn't, I wouldn't have thought about it, but I am so glad that, that's why you're the host and you brought it up to my attention because that now I, I want to go back and look at it, even if it's just that small clip or, or portion of the match. I would assume it was done. I know it's on pay-per-view or premium live events, as they're called now. But obviously, I think wrestling, you don't need blood every single match. But certain matches, I think, you know, this is personal. Um, and it looks like it's going to be personal going forward which we did say, didn't we, a few weeks ago, that we, we think we might see a extended run of this. But, yeah, I think, um, again, whether by design or not, I think it probably was, but he did see... Because if you remember, he picked up Cody for the F5. He didn't look at the hard cam, which, like, he normally does. So if you think about it from that perspective, he uh, faced the crowd, and we didn't... So the crowd are going to see it, but we... Yeah, we can see the blood in the ring, and on his chest and on Cody's, you know, uh, uh, ring tape, uh, the tape on his hand, sorry. Um, but, um, yeah, I feel like he made a, whether he was told or made a conscious decision to make sure when he did the F5, he faced away from the camera. So this blood wasn't broadcast as much. Um, it didn't look obvious. Yeah. So, um, but no, it was a really good match. Um, we don't normally break down much, you know, um, Cody hit some good moves. Brock had some good moves. The crowd were really into this. I would say they cheered. I'm not going to say it's 50-50. I would say it's probably more 70-30 for Cody. But I think Brock's, Brock had his fans there, definitely. Um, but ultimately, the Kimura being locked in and the way Cody reversed that into a pin was... Uh, it is, I wouldn't say it's an RKO out of nowhere, but it definitely happened very quickly. 
It surprised. I mean, it, it did what it needed to uh, do uh, for sure. I, certainly, Benny. And yeah, I, I did not expect the kind of finish we got or received uh, anyway or anyhow. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it, it was just the finish was uh, unique, but I, I don't mind those because how else are you going to beat Brock Lesnar? I think that's the point. And he, just when he thought he had Cody in the submission, sure, everybody thought, oh, well, Brock's going to go over. Well, not so fast. Cody was able to be resilient and use his own momentum to get uh, Brock Lesnar over, like you said, in the yeah. pin. And and I'll just, you know, touch upon stuff you, you've already mentioned. I, I like how Cody did come out, you know, going through the ropes, attacking Brock, jump-starting the thing. That That's what made it exciting. Why not? Because you've got this guy that's a, a beast of an athlete. He's won all these these titles and other sports. I mean, this guy's the real deal. He's legit and taking nothing away from the American nightmare, but he took it to the beast. And yeah, I felt like the fans were, you know, one fifty fifty. but that, that's good math. Cause I was never good at math anyway. So seven seventy thirty, 30, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with it because you, you are definitely probably a lot smarter than I am, especially in, in math. And, and that, that was about right though. Cause Brock's got his following, but man, Cody is just, he has been over, man. I mean, fans react to him. I mean, he, he, WWE and himself have to be just ecstatic over the kind of reactions and, and the press and, and the matchups that he's been able to, to put together a credit to both him and Brock. I, I thought this was, uh, didn't go too long, but when they had enough time and, and did what they, they set out to do, I, I guess, in other words, it, it was very good. I, that's what I'm saying. This whole, it was the theme of the, the show, uh, backlash, all these matches serve different purposes, but, but they all really surprise us with how well they, they were executed. Yeah. I can't put it any better than that. Yeah. Good show overall. If you haven't seen it, um, even if you know that if you've listened to us from start to finish, even if you know all the results, to be honest with you, I, it's one of those ones that I think I would quite easily go back to um, maybe in a year or two's time. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those, you know, every now and again, you pick out a pay-per-view. Oh, I remember that. I was really good. I'm going to watch that one. So, or maybe you pick out matches and that select pay-per-view because you remember certain ones. Um, so, yeah. I, mean, I would review it. Yeah, definitely. 100%. We might be looking back at this next year. <laughs> maybe i think <laughs> we might have to tyler uh occasionally why do not that. hey yeah this would be another instant classic and I, i'm safe to uh preference it that hey uh you need to go back and, and watch again i would say that to the listeners of your show benny to us uh individually or collectively hey yeah we need to review this it's it really impressed i mean it, yeah. it was it was a really good show uh, even Raw, actually, the night, you know, obviously not the night after now because it's Saturday and then into Monday, but um, even Raw was uh, overall a pretty good show. It was mainly focused around the the two triple threat matches to then decide who would go to the main event of Raw to, you know, be one of the fine, uh, one of the finalists for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, anything on Raw apart from that uh, grab your attention, Tyler, or? Uh, Zoe Stark debuting was cool. Uh, I think I'm happy to see some of the NXT uh, call-ups. Uh, Nikki Cross, unfortunately for her, I mean, it's uh, it was planned. You know, even some of the stars have to be kind of squashed. I mean, she wasn't completely squashed. She got a little bit of offense in. But th this was uh, Zoe Stark moment. So I want to give props to uh, the women's division. And this will, this is what I'm hoping, Benny, and, and I can't wait to get your opinion on it. 
that this will freshen up the women's division because you just talked about it. Both brands need kind of a, a restart. And uh, I think Zoe Stark's one of those people as, uh, that could really interject some uh, new energy, new life into the women's division. Zoe Stark, I've not seen much of her, in fairness. I've seen bits because uh, I don't watch much NXT anymore. There's only so many hours in the day, as we say all the time. Um, impressive debut, obviously. She does remind me a little bit in her style. And again, I'm not saying she just does this, but she. I, I thought of Jazz, funnily enough, um, when I saw Zoe Stark in a sense of her look and the way she wrestles, really. I thought, I mean, that's who... I don't know whether it's just the, the physique on her. Maybe that's it, but... You know, it could be. I thought I was that's a great parallels. comparison. Yeah, Jazz is uh, could be an influence even. Uh, yeah, Jazz is a great wrestler, but she was always ripped and and Zoe Stark's in, in tremendous physical yeah, condition. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you bring this up because uh, you know, I, I for, it's not that I, I forget to be disrespectful, but it, you know, we we just do. We're we're human. But Jazz is a, a great il- illustration. Yeah, I yeah. mean, at least a good one. Um. I mean, we, we did see uh, Dana Brooke. Unfortunately, she got she lost in a very short match against Rhea Ripley. Um, yeah, that was not a lengthy match, and uh, uh, Rhea Ripley looked to be dominating. Uh, I would concur. Um, so where that's going to go, I don't know um, with her. Um, uh, she has got some sort of... Uh, Dana Brooke's got a bit of fan support from sort of like they want to see her and see, see her have a chance and stuff. Obviously, Rhea Ripley squashed her in minutes, um, so... And I will say that was a squash match, to be honest, uh, from my perspective. The um, I, I like, would think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, you don't necessarily come in and start, you know, go straight to the top. There are select few that do that, have done that in the past, obviously. But I'm, I'm intrigued by what could happen. Um, I was surprised that Rhea Ripley still had the SmackDown Women's Championship, even though she's on Raw. I was expecting some sort of trade-off, like we had a few, uh, was it a year or two ago? Uh, I know it didn't go to plan. Between Becky and Charlotte, yeah, yeah and that's <laughs> where the uh, the friendship kind of deteriorated as a result. Um, so unless we're going to see new bouts, maybe, and, uh, you know, um, redesigns, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that pans out, I guess. Um, I love, I, I don't know whether you saw it, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, um, I don't know if you saw Talking Smack a few weeks ago, but uh, their interaction on their... Uh, while they were being interviewed after the show was absolutely hilarious. Um, this kind of p- carried over to Imperium making their, well, in terms of Ludwig Kaiser and uh, Giovanni Vinci, um, a very interesting uh, interaction between them backstage. Uh, obviously, uh, Gunther, Gunther is supposed to be coming back um, uh, next week, I believe. He's making his Raw debut. So, um, But Imperium, in terms of those two, lost to Sami Zayn in Kevin Owens in that match. Um which was also a, a stellar match because not only do you have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I, I am I just love Imperium altogether, and and whether it's Gunther or Gunther, I, I, my German's not as good, forgive me. Uh, you know, with uh, Ludwig Kaiser or Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. See, Benny says them perfectly. I leave it to me to screw them up. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it, it was uh, no, it was good. And hey, did you catch what Kevin Owens was making fun of them? You know how they're all serious through their stances and. And KO was uh, making some kind of hand gestures. It, you know, even even stuff like that is just very entertaining. Uh, even adding some comedic elements to this thing. And uh, but man, I, I thought the match was was solid. I mean, how can it not be when you've got those two teams and 
Yeah, but I'm glad you brought that up. And also, going back to the Rhea Ripley-Dana Brooke thing, how do you feel about Natalia? Maybe this is a good way to kind of get Natalia back on track. Because she confronted Rhea Ripley after the beatdown um, on uh, Dana Brooke. When she came out, because the way she was dressed, I honestly thought we were about to see a heel turn. I thought Dana Brooke was going to get back up and uh, she was going to blast her. And like Rhea Ripley and her were going to have this weird, sadistic, smiling moment and then they would just start laying into her. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. But that's for some reason, I honestly thought we were about to see a Natalia full-on heel turn, which I think she needs, to be honest with you. Um, but... Yeah, I didn't see, you know, I'm guessing we're going to see maybe Natalia's going to be the next opponent for uh, Rhea Ripley, I guess. But um, Uh, Yeah, possibly. Uh, I mean, I was glad for Natalia to have the moment with Rhea. Uh, But there's been so many stops and starts, and I'm not even blaming anybody. I I just feel, I almost feel bad for the talent, and and Natalia's been incredible. She's a great talent and definitely second generation, third generation, realistically. So, yeah, and she's been one of the stalwarts for that women's division before you had the Rhea Ripley's and, and so forth and so on. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, other highlights. Well, and you were going to bring these up because I'm just a co-host. So I'll, I'll let you, you know, tell me what you think and then I can just bounce back off uh, what, well, what you, you lay out. The only other one I was going to bring up before we talk about the tournament was the uh, Dominic Mysterio actually defeating Xavier Woods in a match on Raw. Um Obviously, you know, you had uh, Rhea Ripley's help in there, but, you know, Dominic Mysterio is still, you know, very much uh, a, a person being very much booed, in the, but actually getting a win, you know, because um, obviously in the last few times he's had, you know, he's had some beatdowns from his dad in LWO and what happened at Backlash. So for him to get a win is good for him, I think. Um, that's really... Yeah, he, he needed the victory. He needed to attain a the the uh, one two three there and yeah Rhea helping you know it's all part of the Judgment Day package uh, Xavier Woods I, w- I want to see him presented more seriously but uh, here's why I bring this up uh, the commentary were saying that you know they have talked to Xavier Woods maybe this is his time to break out he's done a lot of singles action we've not seen Kofi yet eventually he'll be uh, on Raw and, and Big E hopefully maybe even through this serious entry. Uh, there's hope. I, I I don't know, but I'd like to see Xavier Woods get away from the comedy a little bit. And I'm not even knocking it because it's new day, just because I think it's time. Uh, things run their course and, and they've been very successful, taking nothing away from new day. And I, I respect them. I, I think they're wonderful, great performers. Uh, I'm happy for Dominic. And this was a, actually a very uh, decent matchup. Uh, pretty good. Uh, Xavier Woods, I, I want to see what what they're going to do with him. I, I think it's he needs a reset in a sense. I think I agree. Um, and talking about reset, I know I already mentioned it, but going back to Natalia, I honestly thought we were going to see a heel turn. I genuinely thought that. And that the more I think about it, the more she I think she wore the all black and normally yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of a sign. And uh, but I think maybe she well, needs that. Yeah, she may just need some attitude. You know, more more of that persona to, to come on out. And and before we get to the triple threat, I mean, we we saw Becky return. You know, Trish yes, yeah. was uh, do, was uh, cutting the promo, and and I like the wanted posters. That that's a nice touch. And and cool. Trish, this was one of the better promos. Not that Trish can't cut a promo, but I felt like she was a little more condescending. She was a little bit more like hit the music of, of, for the man, and and everybody expects to see Becky. Well, and we 
we don't see her. And then uh, eventually we do the second time because even Trish is like, wait a minute, stop. I, I told y'all in production or, or whoever's running the music. I, I didn't mean to start that. But, you know, and behind her is uh, Becky Lynch and talking about, you know, Becky's daughter and how Trish's own daughter wanted a Becky Lynch uh, doll was pretty, uh, pretty fun stuff. And, you know, I, I think that was just a, that's the interaction we needed after, you know, Trish Stratus, speaking of heel turn, she, she turned on uh, the man, Becky Lynch. Yeah. I mean, what she did was that, uh, one of the best ones I ever saw was Shawn Michaels in Montreal with, uh, Hulk Hogan's music coming on. And then everybody was like, ha ha, fooled you. Then Bret Hart's music came on this obviously way before Bret came back and did the whole forgiving thing. Um, and the crowd, and then uh, Shawn Michaels starts laughing in the ring again. Obviously, there's a lot more heat on that because it was Bret Hart in in <laughs> in Canada. Yeah, it's uh, in Canada. Yeah. So yeah, um, but yeah, I, it gave me flashbacks to that. Uh, it was good though. Um, I don't know where this is. I mean, obviously they're gonna have a match at some point. I assume Night of Champions because it, it's in um, Saudi, I think, isn't it? Instead of Crown Jewel this time, it's Night of Champions. Um, yeah, United Champions is in Saudi Arabia, uh, and it, you talk about a busy month for wrestling because we just had Backlash. AEW is having their big show, uh, Double or Nothing. Then you've got NXT having a show. Then you've got United Champions. So here in a few weeks, my goodness, we're we're going to have a buffet of wrestling. It, it, yeah, it's not long, is it? Really? Um, no, not not at all. A few, just a couple more weeks. But I'm I'm with you, Benny. I'm you know. It, I like Trish and Becky having maybe this dream match and, and, and Trish being a heel. I think she does a good job. And, and Becky as a baby face where we, we all know how we feel about the man. She's incredible. Uh, the only problem I have there, there's not been a lot to the story, even with other than the promos and, and kind of the little bit of back and forth. And not that you have to have them confront each other all the time, but you need something I, I to keep know. it fresh. I, don't you yeah, just keep you it just, in the mind? Yeah, you just—I feel like it's—it's it's still missing uh, something. It's hard to put my finger on I it, but I'm you. glad you had mentioned it. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe if anything, they could have maybe—I don't know—just something with Trish to maybe poke at Becky Lynch a bit more. You know, uh, to the point I think where the problem is we're we're not taking it as serious, even though we we don't get me wrong—we're not disrespecting it. But you have to suspend your disbelief, and I, I'm not sure that even even though Trish is a Hall of Famer, and even though as much as we, the fanfare about Becky, no disrespect to those ladies, because I'm a fan. I, I think maybe that that's the problem. We're, we're not, it's it's maybe a little lackluster. I, I hate to say it, I, I'm just yeah, going to have to. Yeah, uh, no, I agree. But well, we have got a few weeks to, hopefully it'll do something, because at the moment it's very little. Um, and it's it's, it's but, floundering a little bit, yeah. but hey, remember patience is a virtue. Of course, you remind yeah. me of this all the time, and uh, <laughs> that's what we need to be. But also, like I said earlier, with the Seth Rollins Omos match, I was like, really? But then they did one promo, and I was like, they managed to do one promo and get me go. I actually want to see this match now. Whereas at the moment, I'm not overly fussed about. I know it's a dream match, and yes, it has the potential to be really good, but I'm not invested yet into the the story of what they're trying to tell. Um, and it, I'm hoping they're not resting on their laurels and thinking just because it's Trish Stratus, we don't have to give much story to it. It needs to have a bit more substance to it for me to be want to see Becky beat up Trish or vice versa. Um, obviously, Trish is a yeah. heel, so you know what I mean. It's a proper uh, terminology, the substance. I I like the way you uh, you articulated that. Uh, I have my moments, so I have my moments. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I, I, I have my moments, but they're very few and far in between, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have the... Uh, oh, I've got my own... We'll, talk, well, I'll tell you, we'll get the results quickly. So we have the um, uh, the two triple threat matches. So Seth Rollins defeats Shinsuke Nakamura and Damian Priest uh, to advance in the tournament. And then Finn Balor... Um, defeats The Miz and Cody Rhodes, but he actually uh, pinned The Miz because, on a separate story again, Brock Lesnar reappeared and pulled out Cody and absolutely beat the snot out of him, which has now led... Uh, apparently, Brock wants a fight, so we are getting sort of round two by the looks of it. I assume Night of Champions, Tyler. But uh, Cody... Yeah, not, not a Champions, because, you know, Brock... And this is not a... Uh you know, a, a bad thing to say about the beast incarnate, but most of the time when they go to Saudi Arabia, do the shows over there, uh, Brock's been known to be one of the main guys, you know, that they'll bring in. So it, it's not a shock that him and Cody, I mean, that that's a big money match. So why not? Let's have it overseas. Yeah. But at least it's not just, Oh, by the way, we're going to have Cody versus Brock in Saudi because we've actually got a story into this rather than just let's put this it's person versus this together. person. Well, like uh crown jewel. Was it la- um, last time? Was it is, um, uh, Omos in Braun Strowman, they just did that because, and I was like, "You should." They're ca- both big guys. Yeah, there was nothing to it, and I think that should have been left to build a bit more. That could have actually been a really good match, maybe at Mania, if you'd have left them two apart. Then you have that moment in the Rumble where Braun Strowman's Any, dominating, then Omos possible. comes out. And yeah, it would have been so much better for me personally, but obviously it's hindsight, you know. I although I did say it at the time. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Uh, Finn Balor wins his match. Um, I'm not going to say technically with help because it looked like Cody was going to close in on the win. We, we've already talked about this. We'll talk about this a bit more, uh, uh, Tyler, next week with um, Brock and Cody anyway because obviously this is going on, this is ongoing. So we'll talk about that a bit more next week, I think. Um, once Raw's happened as well. So we'll have a bit more, uh, hopefully a bit more insight to what's going on. But Seth Rollins won as well. And we basically end up with a SummerSlam rematch from many years ago where Finn Balor became the first Universal Champion. Finn versus Seth Rollins. And in the longest callback ever, Finn Balor, any wrestling fans who know this, Finn Balor uh, got injured at SummerSlam uh, with a bad shoulder with a move to the barricade from Seth. While Finn Balor does it to Seth Rollins this time. Um, And we have a whole shoulder selling throughout the entire match. Um, And actually a pretty good main event overall, Seth versus Finn which could quite easily be a Mania match, to be honest. Uh, it could have been on a premium live event, a WrestleMania, whatever uh, you like. Uh, yeah, both these guys are, once again, Finn Balor. Let's not leave him out of that conversation uh, as one of the best ever to do it either. Uh, so these two guys know each other. I'd love to call back to history. You just uh, laid out Benny uh, and Finn getting uh, some of his redemption, even in storyline on Seth Rollins and, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to break it down completely because we, we want you all to watch this match. I mean, it, it's well worth the uh, the watch. Uh, these two just always give us uh, just remarkable moments and, uh, and memories. And, and just the whole match was, uh, was unreal. I mean, th- these two prove why they are two of the best. Um, I'm not going to lie. There was a moment where I thought Finn Balor was going to win because I feel like he's one of these guys, a bit like a Seth Rollins is overdue. Uh, ultimately, Seth Rollins wins and is the first uh, entrant to go into Night of Champions. Uh, for the uh, So he's one step away from the World Heavyweight Championship, Tyler. Um, he, he's getting closer, and, and uh, I'm happy for Seth. 
Uh, Finn is overdue also, but uh, I will say I, I'm not mad at uh, Seth Rollins no. getting his opportunity. And uh, it makes me, like you say, SmackDown's becoming more uh, thrilling because we're, we're going to have more triple threat matches mm-hmm. to see who's and then a match even that same night to see who's going to take on Seth at Night of Champions for that title. And, uh, man, it, it's making me look forward to uh, the SmackDown and uh, the after-draft uh, with the resetting of the rosters, there's so much to uh, to uh, look forward to. I, I'm just going to sound repetitive, but it's true. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to in this week's SmackDown. Um, my gripe with this, I don't know how what you feel about this. I don't understand why after the draft we've now got two triple threat matches on SmackDown for SmackDown superstars to compete for the heavyweight championship, which is meant to be exclusively on Raw. So does that mean? the person that wins it on SmackDown, if they win the World Heavyweight Championship, does that mean they become a Raw superstar? Seems a bit random. See that? Yeah, it's it's, it's a bit confusing. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, because that's that's my only thing about the tournaments. I, I like tournaments. I, I, I think the concept is, is good. I, I just, but yeah, when you lay out and I, I hear it, Put that way, it's like, yeah, you just had this draft that we're trying to freshen up the rosters, but oh yeah, and the and the title was supposed to be exclusive to Raw because you got Roman staying on one brand, but you know now a, a SmackDown superstar if he wins and and beats Seth, then yeah, I mean, how's that going to look? Uh, so it's <clears throat> it's a bit bizarre, but you know, knowing WWE and, and a lot of wrestling, maybe they. Talk about really suspended disbelief. I, I mean, I'm perplexed like you and everybody else at, at times with these, uh, with the creative, but I'm not going to knock it because like I say, or like we all say, we're going to have to wait and let this story develop a little more. But it, you do uh, kind of sit back and scratch your head at some of these things. Uh, so I, I don't know. It, it's one of the, it's hard to describe, kind of like we were talking about that six-man tag match with this bloodline story. Uh, this is another very, uh, twist and turn type deal I feel like when it doesn't have to be but it seems to be yeah. going that way well the so the six men that are involved in their respective uh, triple threat matches on Smackdown this week so Edge versus AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio that match in itself is going to be <laughs> insane um, I think there's a case to be made for maybe Edge to be World Heavyweight Champion this is a guy that retired with that title I know this is a a rebranded one, but for me, it's still the Ward Heavyweight Championship from a few, you know, from a fair few years ago. Um, so again, I don't know. But then we have got Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus uh, versus Austin Theory. Now, Bobby Lashley, someone who deserves Sheamus, who I think deserves as well. So all even Austin Theory to a degree, I don't think it's quite he's quite there yet. But he's having a great run at the moment as U.S. Champion. So I'm happy for him to still be U.S. Champion after this, basically. I'm I'm happy for Theory to still retain and be the United States champion. It's hard not to agree with you, Benny. And I think all these competitors are worthy. That's what makes it tough. You got these, you know, you said it, Edge and and Bobby Lashley, everybody, you know, just like Seth Rollins, they're all worthy competitors, even though Finn didn't win. He was a worthy competitor. Cody Brock, we'll talk about that later. He could have been in contention with all that he's went through. So could a, a Damien Priest. You'd like to see w- what they could do with him uh, getting that type or level of push, even though he, he's getting a great push at the moment. So there's so much to uh, 
really dissect, I'll just go back and, and reuse that word, uh, that all relate. It's just, it makes it, uh, it makes it very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I, I've overused intriguing, but I guess <laughs> I'll just have to say intriguing. Yeah. It's, it's hard to even use because you, you can't help but say the same words. It, it's tough <laughs> to really put it into context. I mean, I mean it really is. And I, I promise you, I went to English class and it's class and it still are the clash. Well, they weren't great, man, but class, <laughs> English class. Either way. Oh my goodness. Somebody help me. I'm going to make the tag. Somebody I'm really me. selling. I'm going to beat up here. Um, but yeah, I just don't understand. I mean, if you started this tournament before the draft, um, then that would make that would have made sense to me, you know. But um, I don't. So, um, like I said, am I? Are we um, gonna be? So, if a SmackDown person wins it, are they gonna be on Raw? Is what I'm getting at. Or there's obviously that theory that's been put out, no pun intended, by my one mate uh, who. What happens if Roman Reigns, you know, maybe one of these participants gets taken out? I don't think so, but I mean, <laughs> there is always that chance that Roman Reigns ends up leaving bloody Clash of uh, Champions or Night of Champions, whatever it's called, is um, <laughs> with three belts. Can you imagine the, the, the booing? You know, I mean, if you want to, not that he needs any more heat, I don't think, but can you imagine? <laughs> the, can you imagine that, oh, basically? He, he, he's going to get a. a tr- a massive amount of heat due to if, if Cody, you know, we, we know Cody's not going to win the, uh, the titles at least anytime soon. Currently, that doesn't mean down the road, the possibility, the possibility, goodness, can I talk is not there, but you know, uh, yeah, but Paul Heyman even said it in the promo a couple of weeks ago, uh, that, Hey, which kind of is confusing too, but I'll, I'll go along with it where he said, Hey, Roman might be interested in that title. So, I mean, who knows? And, I mean, there could be some kind of loophole where Roman could win the belt. He could have it be Roman three belts. You know, Becky was two belts, and now we Roman could be three belts. There's been the need. <laughs> Roman Maybe three you belts, just, yeah. You make more more titles, and Roman just and, – and talk about getting people mad, but isn't that kind of the gist, though? We, we kind of miss the point as wrestling fans. You want to you wanna, – you know, you need a bad guy champion for a good guy to take it off him, and then, you know – so, yeah, it makes sense. But I don't really understand the whole – draft if you're then because they keep saying the title is exclusively on raw exclusively for raw so why is smackdown i know it was set up before the draft but why is it why i don't under the logic doesn't make any sense so like you said is there something like a big twist coming that we we maybe we're on to maybe we're not Let, let's hope so because you said it though as much as i'm trying to defend it or, or find well, speaking of logic, that, that's it. I mean, we, we don't have – it's not the logistics of it. It's just – I mean, we're wanting to have a draft. We, the problem with the other drafts, they were great concepts. We had Eric Bischoff as a Raw GM. We had Stephanie McMahon as SmackDown GM. It was great. You'd see interactions with Vince. You, I mean, there, there was some good stuff, but then it, it would always kind of fall apart because you, you start seeing the, the, the stars like we, we discussed, Benny. Uh, you brought it up before where they'd be on – the same brands. And then what's the, the whole point of having a draft. And I just don't want it to get to this way or that way. Let me get the proper grammar here. It would just dilute it. I, I just hope we're not seeing that. Cause that does make you, you worry. So I'm hoping there's going to have to be a, a twist or some kind of turn, because I don't want to see this thing fall apart already after they've just reset the rosters. I, I've got more hope. I, let, let's hold on to whatever, 
hope we've got. Uh, yeah, that's going to be very disappointing if it if it seems to be, oh, we're going to reward a, a guy that's on SmackDown to win a Raw title, even though you've got Roman Reigns over here. I. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I again, like you said, I don't know what or how. <laughs> but again, another reason to watch SmackDown this week, isn't it, to see who's going to win it, and then obviously that makes us want to see uh, who's going to possibly be Seth's opponent at a. Uh, is it is it Clash of Champions or Night of Champions? I can't, honestly can't remember. I'm terrible. It's it's not a it's not a champions now. Clash of Champions was a a pay per view, and then I think maybe maybe became a premium live event that they did that when they bought out WCW because that that goes back to you know NWA stuff or something like that, and and WWE started doing it. So yeah, at one time they they had a Clash of Champions, but it's became rechristened Night of Champions in a sense. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, so I, I was kind of right, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, we'll get it right before we get there. So it doesn't no, matter. No, hey, 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 we're, we're going to research now. You, you saw where Shawn Michaels and Road Dogg and Triple H are trying to figure out technology. That That's how I am. I'm, I'm right now trying to get on my keyboard. Okay, Clash of Champions, Night of Champions, Two Nights of Champions. I mean, Benny's got it correct. Hey, leave it to me to mess it up. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> it's, co- it's coming up in a couple of weeks, so we'll get more into it. Um to be fair, man, I think that's it for this week. Um, that's got Smackdown it. Smackdown is a, I feel like, is a must-watch this week. Roman's back. We got the rest of the tournament. Um, what's going to happen with Jay and Solo? And there's so much stuff going on um, in turn. Like I said, even the tournaments. Um, as we always do, Tyler, where can we find your good self when you're not on in the corner with me on here on a SJP World Media? Uh, you can find me at Dustin Teller 86 on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me at over at WrestleBuddy.com. I'm hosting the weekly report. That is actually the WB weekly report weekly for the most part when we can. And most of the time, most of the times, excuse me, uh, they are released on Sundays, sometimes Mondays. Uh, I'll tell you in a couple weeks, it'll probably be more like a Monday with all the wrestling we've just talked about that's going to be happening. And uh, you can find me on this great program with the esteemed host, very knowledgeable, I might add, Benny Mack from In the Corner WWE, who allows me to co-host with him when I can. And also, mm-hmm. speaking of another show that's on SJP World Media Network, such as this one, is back when it's Danny and myself. That that has been a great show. And, you know, uh, Benny will tell you about the other shows on SJP World Media Network, uh, but I had to plug WrestleBuddy and, and what I'm doing there. Also, another show, Benny, you know how we talk wrestling news, and, and really the weekly report consists of wrestling news. Yeah. We are doing a new show called Around the Table Wrestling Scoops. That just means news, in other words, with an insider from a website or at least social media site called the wrestling blog. So go check that out. I've been uh, allowed to host that. And, uh, so yeah, I had to plug it just real quickly. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, and we, it's always good to back when is actually quite good. I've been catching up slowly, mate, uh, as we go. And some of the conversations have oh, well, been really good. So, uh, no, I, it's on the SGP world media as well. So you can always check that out. I love your logo as well. Back to the future style is really cool. <laughs> no, it, it is uh, very creative. Yeah. Just like with you and Cy doing logos. And I know Cy had a hand in this one and, and Danny, however, the collaboration, it, it is just an, just all inspiring. I, I really am digging the logos. Yeah. There it's something about, uh, you know, how people uh, view the logos of shows that, that do catch your eye. Yeah, obviously. That, yeah. That's what they're there for. Um, 
That's pretty much it. You can find myself at Benny Mac on Twitter at B-E-N-N-Y-M-A-C-K or follow the show at In The Corner WWE on Twitter. Tyler, it's always good to chat to you, buddy. And obviously, we'll be back next week for some more Raw SmackDown news. and It's always fun, Benny. Whatever else we're going to talk about, basically. So thank you, everybody, for hitting that download button. And we'll see you all again. We will be back next Wednesday, not Thursday. See you all again soon.